Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Brad Crawford of 24-7 Sports. And uh, Brad, as always, man, we appreciate you joining us. How are you doing this afternoon? Hey, John. How are you, man? Man, we're doing good. And we were just talking about your uh, season predictions, your final record predictions for the entire SEC. And, uh, you know, I don't really have any disagreements with it, but I think it's so crazy where you got 14 SEC teams and you have 12 of them making a bowl game, which, again, is not out of the realm of possibility. But looking at the amount of teams that are 7-5, and 6-6 six and six in that range is pretty incredible. You're talking about six different teams, I guess seven different teams that would be there into the mix. So is that just kind of telling that, hey, the SEC's got a lot of good top teams and then the rest of them are just pretty average or at least decent at best? Uh, I, I think it's very indicative, John, of just how balanced this SEC is once you get past maybe the three elite teams. I consider Georgia, LSU, Bama kind of in their own tier, probably Tennessee, A&M in, in the second tier. And then you literally have like eight or nine teams in that third tier who could all go between five and seven and maybe eight and four. So, yeah, like, like you said, a lot of teams have kind of that seven and five, eight and four ceiling this season. I think Arkansas is included in that. And then, you know, one of the teams I don't have making a bowl is Florida. But And the more I hear out of Utah fall practice and Cam Rising being unavailable probably for that season opener, I might be leaning Gators in that one. The most interesting thing, Brad, is that the two teams that you have not going to a bowl game, they're both in the East. You mentioned Florida already, but there's Vandy. So, uh, the West seems to be really loaded when you talk about some of those teams and the balance that's there other than what you expect to be at the top. Yeah, I think the Big Ten West and the SEC West, excuse me, Big Ten East and the SEC West are by far the two best divisions in college football. You know, you on the Big Ten side, you've got Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State over there. And then in the SEC West, you know, you have two top ten teams in Alabama and LSU another ranked team in A&M, another ranked team in Ole Miss. And, you know, Arkansas is one of my more underrated teams coming into the season. I think I think Arkansas right now deserves to be in that 22-23 range more so than Ole Miss given the, you know, quarterback situation right now Lane Kiffin faces. Yeah, it's interesting too, Brad, because, again, the, the amount of teams that could go a lot of different directions, like what separates them? Like, like as far as whether it's Ole Miss or Mississippi State or Auburn or Arkansas or whoever, what is separating all of these teams? Is it just a matter of a quarterback? Is it defense? What separates them? Yeah, I think a lot of these 7-5, and 6-6 six and six type teams, John, have three or four swing games this season. And, you know, you're, you're trying to, when you're projecting final records, win-loss records, you're trying to predict which one of those teams can go two and one or three and one in those 50-50 games. I mean, Arkansas has several of them. They have a game at Ole Miss who the winner of that game likely, you know, wins seven or eight games this season. And, you know, can, can Arkansas go unbeaten in the non-conference and then maybe win a game they're not supposed to win as a betting underdog, be it a Alabama, an LSU, something like that. So, um, Auburn's another team at, at six and six. I've got going to a bowl. I think Hugh Freeze is going to win a game this season against a top twenty-five opponent, and I don't I, I don't know who it's going to be, but I just have a feeling that Auburn's going to be a little bit better than maybe a lot of us uh, thought this fall. Now you have Bama at the top of the West at ten and two, but what's more likely that LSU wins 
back-to-back SEC West titles or that A&M emerges if, uh, if you say that one of those teams would surpass Alabama at the top? Yeah, I think LSU has slightly fewer questions right now than, than A&M. I, I do think we're, we're underselling A&M a bit. I think the Vegas win total for the Aggies right now is 7.5. That, that's a game, that's a line that I would I would hammer the overall. I mean, A&M's roster is top ten in college football in terms of talent. You know, the million-dollar question is, the Bobby Petrino hire, is it going to work out? Is Connor Whiteman going to be a, you know, difference maker at the quarterback spot? But, yeah, I'm, I'm not as high on Alabama this season as, as some. You know, I, I took the under on Bama's win total last season. I'm doing it again. I think week two, Bama loses to Texas and then gets tripped up uh, later in the year by A&M. And, you know, it's going to come down to Bama-LSU game in Tuscaloosa in November to see who wins that division. So you know, let's just assume that your predictions are 100% right, which I'm sure they will be, of course, Brad. But uh, just uh, looking at all the predictions here, which fan base would be the one that's most upset? Like, I guess would it be Florida at 5-7 and seven with Billy Napier year two? Because, man, that would be extremely problematic if they have a, another disappointing season and even take a step back. That's the team I would go with, John. Uh, you, you know, back-to-back losing seasons. Obviously, they were six and six last year. Lost to Oregon State in the bowl game, defended six and seven. And then if they miss full eligibility this year, I mean, it's not that difficult to win six games at a Power Five school when you recruit as well as Florida does. So, so back-to-back disappointing years. And then 2024 schedule. Florida's the only team in college football that uh, plays. I think it's 12 Power Five opponents, including. Uh, you know, UCF, Florida State, and the non-conference. So 2024 is not getting any easier for Billy Napier. So 2023, he needs to make some forward progress now. For Georgia, breaking in a new quarterback, and you have them predicted to still go undefeated this year. Yeah. What What is it about Georgia, you know, other than quarterback, that you really like as far as some of the other talent? Yeah, schedule favorability for me is why I have Georgia 12-0. and I'd I think a lot of times when I'm projecting schedules, I've, I've done this for about 12 years now, and I'd, I'd say my predictions are pretty accurate every August. Schedule favorability to me almost is more important than, than talent, coaching prestige, everything else. You know, who, who you play matters and where you play them matters. And Georgia only has two ranked opponents this year. They play Ole Miss and they play Tennessee. And I think by the time they get to that Tennessee game, Georgia's going to know, you know, who they are as a football team, and they're going to know what their strengths were. If if that Tennessee game was played in September, I might be leading with a regular season loss to the Bulldogs. But, you know, Georgia plays, I think it's uh, Ball State and one other, you know, cream puff the first two weeks before hosting South Carolina. So it's going to take a few weeks before we see if Kirby Smart's two-time defending now championship team, you know, is, is in line for a third. So having Georgia go undefeated, is that, I assume they have them winning the championship or does that come later, like winning it all? I've got Georgia in the playoff, but I'm not sold if, you know, Georgia meets Bama or LSU in Atlanta. They necessarily win. Okay. Um, They're awfully good in, in revenge games. So, I, I do think Georgia is pretty much a sharpie to make the playoff this season, though. Okay. So, so based on that, we'll just say that, for instance, let's say Georgia goes undefeated, they win another championship. That'll be three national championships in a row, something that even Nick Saban has not done, who yep. is considered to be the greatest of all time. I mean, where does that put this Georgia program and Kirby Smart just in general where you see something that hasn't been done or since, I guess, what was it, uh, Minnesota did in the 40s, but 
Uh, what does that do not only for Georgia, but just the entire landscape of college football when you have a team like Georgia winning three straight? I mean, back in 2018, I think it was, John, you know, Georgia should have won that natty against Bama where, you know, two in overtime hit Devontae Smith. You know, Georgia largely outplayed Bama in that game. And I think that that game was sort of a turning point in Kirby Smart's career. Obviously, LSU won it the following year, and then Bama, and then, you know, two years later, here we are. Uh, Kirby Smart's won back-to-back, and, and he's beaten Nick head-to-head. I think going into 2024, if he does win a third straight title, he has to be ranked above Saban as far as, you know, active best college coaches. He's he's recruiting at a level right now that's, that's comparable to Bama. He's, he signed two number one classes, I think, this last five or six cycles. Um, has Dylan Rayola committed for 2024? He's our top-ranked player, top-ranked quarterback at 24-7 sports. So, I mean, the proof in the pudding, man. He is uh, developing guys at a rapid rate. He's signing five stars. And even in the expanded SEC, I mean, Georgia's going to be a team that as long as Kirby Smart's in Athens, that, that program's going to be in that 12-team playoff. You know, it's going to be here to stay. How would you rank Carson Beck amongst SEC quarterbacks? And we have seen only limited action of him, but, you know, from everything, he was a highly recruited player, and there's a lot of talent on that Georgia team. But where, where do you see him amongst SEC quarterbacks? Yeah, I'd put him in the top half, probably probably fifth or sixth, maybe him and Spencer Rattler are um, in, in that five, six spot right now. You know, we, we haven't seen a ton of Carson Beck on film, but everything I've heard from all my sources down there in Athens is, you know, they told me that this spring, I mean, he averaged nine or ten yards to throw against Georgia's first-team defense. And that's the best defense he's going to face until he gets to Atlanta and plays Alabama or LSU. So I think Georgia's in very good hands with Carson Beck. I tweeted today, man, that, you know, his Heisman odds right now are at plus 2,000. So, you know, you could bet 100 bucks right now on Carson Beck and win two grand if uh, he wins the Heisman. So we know Georgia's going to be an 11-1 or 12-0 type team, and the quarterback position always produces at Georgia. And then Mike Bobo, you know, he's going to simplify things for Beck and I think make it pretty easy on him. And then he's got the best tight end in the country, Brock Brower, filling passes too. So, yeah, Beck's going to be okay there in Athens. Speaking with Brad Crawford of 24-7 Sports here on the hotline. And, Brad, uh, just uh, continuing on with your little prediction thing, because I think there's a lot of fascination with, you know, you have Ole Miss and Arkansas and South Carolina, Kentucky with seven wins. You got Auburn, Mississippi State, as well as Missouri with six wins there in the mix. So, of all those teams that are in that six-seven win range, if you had to put money on a team breaking through and possibly competing for the division, maybe even winning the division, maybe even getting to that 10-win mark, of those teams you got in the middle of the pack, who do you think would be the most likely to get there? I think Kentucky's a team, based on scheduling, that they, they've got a real shot. You know, they, they have two automatic losses against Georgia and Alabama. I'm, I'm not saying Kentucky can win either of those teams against those teams. Although Wildcats did play pretty tough against uh, Georgia last year in Lexington. But with, with Devin Leary, man, I think he's a elite quarterback. I watched a lot of his games at NC State, and, you know, he did not have the talent around him that he's going to have in Lexington with some of those speed guys, Barry and Brown, some other guys, and they've uh, done really well at the portal to kind of re-energize that backfield behind them. So Kentucky's a team that I think is always undervalued a bit this time of year. Mark Stoops usually overachieved. And if there's a six and six or seven and five team that maybe can get to that eight and four, nine and three mark, it would be Kentucky in my opinion. What's your outlook on Auburn? You mentioned that they could actually be better than we're really expecting them to be. 
Yeah, I think Auburn is going to be really strong on the offensive line. There's four new starters there, three in the portal. And Hugh Freeze, you know, he, he didn't exactly do what Coach Prime did at Colorado, but he has transformed this roster in, in about eight months since taking the job. You know, he got Peyton Thorne out of the portal. He would have been Michigan State starting quarterback this season. You know, he's going to compete with Robbie Asher for that job. Signed a couple of receivers out of the portal who are going to be, you know, instant stars at Auburn. And just for whatever reason, Auburn is one of the SEC's better teams when playing at home. You know, Nick Saban has really struggled at Jordan-Hare the last three or four trips there. Two years ago, had a great team with Bama. Bryce Young won the Heisman. And still a bad Auburn team, you know, should have won that game against Bama in the Iron Bowl. So, the six and six is the record that I have Auburn finishing with this season. But it would not surprise me if, you know, Hugh Fleet can get to seven and maybe have a ranked win or two. So, Brad, I want to switch gears a little bit because I saw something that 24-7 Sports did that I thought was pretty fascinating, too, is ranking the top 16 jobs in all of college football. Georgia yeah, being, that one. Yeah, so Georgia being at number one, you got Texas at two, Bama at three, LSU at four, and Ohio State at five, which I can't really argue that one, but I thought it was pretty fascinating to have Auburn there at number 15 and Tennessee at number 13 and then A&M at 10. Like, I guess those were just jobs. Maybe it depends on how you look at it. But uh, the best jobs in college football, though, it's quite an, an interesting list on uh, what went into it. So what did go into it? Like, what what was the reasons or at least the, the criteria that you used to rank these jobs? Yeah, I, I spoke to a lot of our analysts, a lot of our team site guys, a lot of college coaches in, in current assistant positions who might be, you know, vying for head jobs soon. Basically, if you're in the SEC or Big Ten right now, John, you are set financially you know, for the next decade plus in this new expansion era and revenue distribution and that, that sort of thing. I think I think the top five jobs are pretty self-explanatory. Six through nine were pretty easy. And then 10 through 16, I, I kind of cut it at 16, but, you know, Arkansas, South Carolina, Ole Miss, those are all kind of schools that are that are on the fringe. You, you want to have really strong NIL right now. Tennessee is uh, light years above others in, in that regard uh, comparatively. You know, Auburn's a team that has has a national title since 2010. Um, lots, a lot of these programs have won a title or two, you know, during that stretch. So you have to have strong booster support. You know, you if you take one of these top 16 jobs, you know your buyout is going to be gargantuan if you fail. A college football, like no other sport, man, pays coaches who are bad a lot of money. So, yeah, the, these 16 jobs, you're pretty much set with – generational wealth if you get one of these gigs and what a time where uh this amount of money that you have makes up uh making you a better job because of nil and, right. and the opportunities that come along with it but no it's 100 percent true and uh who knows maybe that'll be an ever-evolving and ever-changing list when it comes to those top college football jobs but uh, brad as always man we appreciate you joining us great stuff with 24 7 sports you can follow online on twitter if I guess I'm calling it still Twitter. B. Crawford 24-7, but uh, have a great one, man. I'm sure we'll be catching up with you during the middle of the season, all right? Yeah, man, talk soon.